Welcome, and thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com. And now for the message from Pastor Nathan Lang. Ephesians chapter number 5 tonight. Ephesians chapter number 5. We'll pick up in verse 21. We'll pick up in verse 21. I have an outline in my Bible. I don't know if I ever ended up preaching it here, but uh, I, have, I have full outlines in my Bible. I have partial outlines in my Bible. I have thoughts in my Bible. I've got things that I, uh, you know, just things that I may turn into a sermon, may turn into a Bible study, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, but I wrote in my Bible here, and as I said, I don't know if I ever gave it, but uh, number one, the husband is the head of the home. Uh, number two, the wife is the heart of the home. Number three, children are the honor of the home. And Christ is the hope of the home. And, um, and that's an outline. I love that. I, I have that in my Bible every time I, I see that, every time I turn to this text. Uh, but let's look in verse number 21. The Bible says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and his bones. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. That's key right there in verse 32. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I pray that you would speak through me tonight. Cleanse me of sin. Lord, fill me with your spirit. I ask that you would just bless in a great way. I pray that we would uh, learn what the word of God says, and I pray we'd leave here and apply what the word of God says. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, when I first came to the church, I remember uh, it, was, uh, uh, it was early spring, and I remember when I first started preaching on Wednesday nights for the church, and uh, I preached for several months. I had no desire to be the pastor of Lighthouse Baptist Church, and uh, I had started my own church, Blessed Hope Baptist Church. We were meeting in the YMCA just right across the road here, and, uh, and I came, uh, for in, in, long story short, for three months, and then uh, they said, hey, you know, why don't you pray about coming over and being our pastor, and uh, so, uh, you know, the rest of the history ended up happening, but I remember getting to sit down in quite a few meetings with some of the leadership of the church. I got to uh, sit down with, uh, in those meetings, quite a few times, Mr. Leaf, Mr. Weaver, uh, Mr. James Lanterman, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Lanterman, and, uh, and I believe, uh, I believe I want to say uh, Rob Zeisler. And so uh, I got to meet down with him, but there was one thing I remember, the one in particular uh, meeting, I remember uh, it, was, it was probably the second meeting I had had with them, and, and I remember Mr. Weaver, him leaning forward, being very serious. He said, now, um, Pastor Lang, and he called me pastor out of respect. He said, Pastor Lang, he said, there's one thing you must understand about our church. And I'm like, oh, man. And uh, what's, he, what's he about to say? And he said, you got to understand the pecking order of our church. 
And, uh, and so he went through the pecking order, uh, and, <laughs> and I had a, we had a good time with that. And every once in a while, he'll, he'll bring that up. But we have a good time with that. But uh, it, it reminds me of what the Scripture's talking about here. And we talked about this last week, and we, we, we used the military term given here uh, in this, order, this orderly process here, and that of the home. There is an order to things, just like in the military. There is an order to things. And uh, you have those in rank, and it goes all the way down the rank. And I'm not going to go into, I don't want to repeat everything I gave last week. You can get the CD and, or get online and listen to it. Uh, but uh, but the, the same applies within the home. It's kind of, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, there is an order to things. And that's what we must, we must realize. If you get nothing else here uh, tonight, I, want, I don't want you to miss uh, this, 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 this area of submission. Submission is not about ability, but order. Submission is not about ability, but about order. What are you talking about, Pastor Lang? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me explain. Uh, uh, your Men, your wives are smarter than you in a lot of areas. They, they just truly are. Um, you know, uh, th- there's areas that my wife uh, is, is way smarter than me in certain areas. And there's areas that I'm able to, you know, to, uh, you know, be smarter in or whatever the case may be. Uh, but, but the reality is uh, who's in charge is not based upon who is the smartest in the home. That, that's, not where this, that's not where the basis is. Oh, oh, well, she's smarter, so she should lead everything. No, 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 no. There are certain things that I will turn over to my wife to handle why I'm away from the home. When she's home with the kids, all right, now you're in charge of those kids while I'm home. And of course, every once in a while, she's got to give those kids that wait till daddy gets home. And, uh, you know, and then I'll take care of things later uh, if I need to. Uh, but but there's, there's an order to things. And God is an orderly God. He didn't just throw everything out there and say, all right, now figure it out. No, he created man and then he created woman to be his companion, to be his helpmate. We see that in Genesis. Uh, and of course, uh, and of course, the kids come later. Uh, and so, but the problem is in so many homes is that it's all mixed up. It's all mixed up. Man is trying to uh, just turn everything that God wants and he's trying to just corrupt it and ruin it. Uh, you know, not getting into detail on all this tonight, but the area of one man, one woman. Not two men, not two women, not two dads and a mom, not two moms and a, you know, or whatever. Uh, hey, a man and a woman. And that's how God set this thing up. And he wants there to be an order and that submission there from the wife to uh, the husband. But of course, the Bible says uh, in here, it talks about submitting uh, to yourselves, uh, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. We talked about that last week. Uh, and that does not give, uh, that does not break down the floodgate. Because a lot of people, you know, love to take verses out of context. You see there, it says submitting to each other one another. So therefore I can just do whatever we, we, you know, we submit to each other. Well, yes, to a degree you do. But the reality is at the end of the day, the man is going to give an account for that home. The man is going to stand before God and give an account for that household someday. The wife is not going to stand and give full control of that home. It's, it's the husband's uh, duty. And, and so we've got to make sure that we, we, we realize that. But he said, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now, uh, just one more thing from last week. We talked about, ladies, when you submit to your husband, you do it with the right spirit and you do it as unto the Lord. Because when you submit yourself to your husband, uh, you are doing it as unto the Lord, ultimately. 
And so uh, very, very important. Now, this text here, of course, as he's making his way down here uh, through this, this, this chapter, uh, we see here all of these different verses and all of this different counseling on the home and particularly the husband and the wife. And he goes on to say, and later in verse 32, uh, the reality is this is an example of Christ and his church. Ultimately, that's what it's portraying. But we apply it within the vernacular of our marriages. And so we're able to take these principles, to take this doctrine, and say, all right, now, this is how I'm to submit to my significant other. If I'm a child, this is how I submit to those above me, or whatever the case is, in that rank. So don't, don't miss that here tonight. There is a proper order to things, and we've got to make sure that we get the home back to the proper order. It's so, so, so vital uh, that, that we do that. And I uh, want to encourage you, encourage you with that here tonight. Uh, you know, uh, submission. We talked about last week, we talked about submission. Uh, when do you submit? And uh, wives, when do you not submit? Uh, and we talked about that, that, that hard area where uh, it's very easy for you to say, well, I know what's best in this area, or he's not very competent in this area. Uh, and, and, you know, he's not reliable in this area, so therefore I don't have to submit to him. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, we clarified last week this very simply. If your husband is trying to get you to do something unscriptural, that's when you go to God and say, all right, God, this is, we got we to handle this. We don't have the right to just pull back and say, all right, now I'm not going to obey him because I, I'm smarter than him or, or whatever. Uh, wives, we know you're smarter than him. How else could he have gotten you? Amen? Submission is not about ability, but order. And obviously a wife will often be more competent in some matters or wiser in judgments or, or right on some issues. And if the husband has any sense, he will listen to her. You know, uh, it, it, there's this thing where men typically don't like to listen to women. You, you know that. And uh, hey, I'm in charge. I'll do this. And maybe some men do. Uh, maybe they're all for it. Uh, but the reality is, let me say this. If you're one of those independent men where you say, I absolutely, I make the decisions. I don't care what she says. I don't think that's very wise because I believe our wives, I believe God has gifted them with a lot of knowledge and wisdom and I think it's very wise to, uh, to talk and bounce some things off of them. But ultimately, husbands, you need to establish that you have the final say. And can I say this, ladies? Uh, I tell you, if there's one thing that will, uh, that will, that will just, just kill a man's pride or kill a man's self-esteem is that of a lady, a woman, a wife who will not stand with him and support him. I tell you what, you'd be surprised, uh, ladies, maybe you'd be surprised at how much your encouragement goes with your husband if you just encourage him, if you don't. Can I say God's word does not leave marriages to become a battle between a man's bicep and a woman's tongue? Did you get that? I saw, uh, how, many of you, how many of you are on Facebook? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. How many of you, uh, are, are, you, you, you know what the Babylonian bee is? You know the Babylonian bee? It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's very, very interesting uh, uh, page to like there. But one of the, one of the uh, articles about a week ago, it's a satire site. And uh, one of the articles about a week ago uh, was, had a man and a woman sitting there watching a movie. And, and it was basically ref, uh, you know, referring to the fact of if the wife would just watch the movie, she would see what all the answers are to what's happening. And uh, I, I don't know. But it's a satire. And of course, that, that site gets a lot of heat, uh, a lot of uh, ridicule. But uh, anyway, um, God has a plan for 
our, our lives. He has an order for this thing. And here, here uh, when we get the order out of place, that's when things start to break apart. That's when problems start to happen. Uh, you say, well, we made it work. Well, yeah, you can make some things work, even though, you know, God says, hey, this is not my original intent. This is not what I originally wanted for you. Uh, but, you know, will things work out in the end? Yes, they will to God's glory. Uh, but you know what? Why don't we just allow God to get the glory in doing it the way he says to do it in the first place instead of trying to find all the loopholes and all the outs in the situation? You know, submission fosters agreement rather than struggle is what it does. All right, I will submit to you because you are above me. You know, uh, it's amazing how, uh, I said this last week, how people will submit to people in the, in the world, lost people, quicker than they will to their own spouse, quicker to the people who, uh, who God has ordained to, 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 for them to submit to. Submission is attractive to, 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 to unbelieving husbands. Let me just say that. Uh, I've seen a lot of situations where the wife had, you know, had, a, had a lost husband and uh, she submitted to him uh, in the area she needed to submit him to uh, and uh, many times saw them saved as a result of that. And I've seen quite a few examples of that uh, just in my time, uh, how important that is, that, that submission. Uh, and so, uh, so we talked about wives. Now let's shift gears. Uh, uh, verse number 25, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Uh, now, you know, uh, in here, the Bible talks about how when, we be, when, we, uh, when we're married, when my wife and I were married, we became one flesh. We became one. Uh, and so uh, when we take care of ourselves, listen, uh, we need to make sure to take care of our spouse. We need to make sure that we're, we're thinking of our spouses in whatever way we need to think of and taking care of them. Uh, you know, my children, there's, there is, if you were to sit down and talk to my children, which uh, don't do that unless, unless I know about it. Uh, if you were to sit down and talk to my children, uh, you would see very, very easily through them uh, that they would testify to this, uh, that mommy is, is first in daddy's life above the children. Now, my children, they don't, I don't make them feel of a lesser person, but they know right now in the home where their place is. If mom's talking and they try to interrupt, whoa, stop right now. Mom's talking, you don't. <laughs> and uh, uh, listen, now, we don't, we don't, we're not forceful, we're not angry with that, uh, but the reality is we've got to put, we've got to put children, uh, they need to know where they stand, and the reality is children need to be taught uh, homes need to be taught the right method, the right, the, right, uh, 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 the right example of how to lead and how to submit and, and where they stand in their proper place in the home. Because here's the thing, if they can nail down their proper place and respect in the home, uh, it will bleed out into the right places in society. Uh, if you have children who will not obey their parents, they are not going to obey the government. They are not going to obey their superiors. They are not going to obey their teachers at school. Hey, that's why we've got to get these things in check in the home and, and teach these things. You know, uh, it would scare us if we saw how, uh, how much the average home spends watching television. Now, is there anything wrong with television? In and of itself, there's not. But there is a problem with television when we're watching three and four hours a night of TV and we're not properly training our kids how to make it in life. Do you realize that the moment your children, I'm not here to get off on children here today, but the moment your children are born, realize that we're ambassadors for the Lord. Those children do not belong to us. And if we could get, if we could get this down, that our children do not belong, belong to us. Let me, let me tell you something right now. I will tell you if the best parenting book in, that I've ever read is a book called Parenting by Paul Tripp. This book is absolutely phenomenal. And in this book, uh, he, he, states, he states this, 
that we are ambassadors and that we must make sure that we realize our place, that we are raising the Lord's children. He's just using us. They belong to him. And I'll tell you, that would change. That would change. If, if the average home would get that, I would do far less counseling. Far less counseling. Because it seems to be so often that the children get put in place of the spouse. They're a substitute for the spouse. Where the spouse, there should be no substitute for the spouse. It needs to be made clear. This is where you are. This is where I am. This is where mommy and daddy are. <clears throat> Husbands, love your wives. You know, that, that wasn't put in there by accident. I said, oh, I'm looking for something. Lo- loving, loving like Christ means giving up his life even unto death. Husbands, loving, loving like Christ means, hey, this is till death do us part. Loving like Christ is not looking for an out in the marriage. Loving like Christ is not looking at some other woman at work and some other one, the male lady. And, the, and so, hey, loving like Christ is not always looking for somebody else and lusting after something else. Loving like Christ says, I am committed to you. I, I am wholeheartedly to you. Uh, we call it le- this, the leaving and cleaving method. Years ago, it's, been, it's probably been eight years ago that I gave this illustration. I actually brought in, a, I brought in a piece of plywood. This was when we were in the banquet hall. I brought in a piece of plywood, and I had a couple chisels and a couple hammers. And I asked some folks to come up there and try to break that apart, try to, try to pull that, 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 that board apart. And they absolutely couldn't. What happened is it just flaked and just, just chipped off and fell to the ground. So, you know, that's exactly what our, our marriage should be, so close and so tight-knit that when anybody tries to pull it apart, it's just going to flake and break off. It's, we're not just going to come apart. But you know what? I found this, that uh, it's just like my doctor. When I, when I, went, when I went to the doctor up, in, up, up near Chicago, and he told me, he said, Nathan, you, you know, you've got cancer, and you've got, you've got to deal with this right now. He sat me down, and this is what he told me. He said, now, Nathan, I want you to realize, he's, excuse me, he said, this did not happen overnight. He said, this cancer, it didn't just, boom, here it is. It's, it's there overnight. He said, he said this, is, this is something that took months and years to develop within you to the, to the state that it got to. And he said, and by the way, he said, it's not just going to disappear overnight either. He said, you're going to have to work at it and work at it and work at it. You're going to have to eat right. You're going to have to take the, the, the supplements and so on and so on. Uh, he said, it's not just going to happen overnight. Let me say this. If your marriage is a wreck or you know someone's marriage who's a wreck, it didn't just happen overnight. This is something that's been building and building and building. And let me also say this. If you're trying to fix it, don't give up hope because it didn't work in the first night you tried to fix this thing. Because trust is something that doesn't just go away. Trust is not something that just, okay, you've cheated on me 16 times. All right, now I'm just going to trust you. No, no, that's not how that works. You know, in the scripture, the Bible talks about how he gave them a, a, the, the area of divorce. He said, be, because of the hardness of their hearts. He said, all right, now, except for fornication. All right, now, you know, it's amazing to me that the people who, who, who they don't see that that's not God's original intent, even at fornication, that's not what God wants for your marriage. Now, if you've, been married, if you've been divorced in here, you, you, you know where I stand on this. You are not a second-class citizen because you've been divorced. You are not uh, sitting in second-class versus first-class because you've been divorced. No, uh, hey, God loves you. <laughs> I was talking with somebody, a pastor of another church, just not too long ago, and they said, yeah, there's this uh, divorced family that uh, the, you know, the, the husband had been divorced, and so he's limited on what he can do in our church. And I said, well, what's he limited in? 
And I said, is he going to pastor? He said, no. I said, that's the only thing he's limited in. Hey, can I say this? And I'm going to open up a whole can of worms, and I love opening up a can of worms. Hey, listen to me now. Hey, for far too long, we've put people in a box because they've sinned in the past. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't affect our life today, but listen to me now. I've seen a lot of people where if you've been divorced, you can't do anything in that church, and I don't see that in Scripture at all. There must be truth, Brother Horsley, there must be truth and grace. Grace and truth. By the way, that's what this book teaches. This book doesn't teach you how to beat your kids. It's the opposite. It teaches you how to administer grace to your children. Can I say that we must have a safe haven home where grace is administered in our homes? Amen. You know what we've got to do, men? We've got to die to self. <coughs> Christ commanded us to love our wives because, you know, there might be a time where she's not lovely, lovely. And I'm not talking about what she looks like. I'm talking about there might be times where your wife um, kind of gets a snarling thing going on and you're just like, okay, I love you. And um, because I have to, no. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I've, I've told people, it's amazing to me. I, I, I've counseled with different people in their marriages and I was, marriaging a, 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 I was counseling a, a, a couple that had been divorced and they said, oh, they said, you can't, you can't help me. They said, you haven't been divorced. You don't know what it's like. And I thought, okay, the logic of that is, is absolutely foolish. <laughs> uh, I can't help you because I've never been divorced. No, uh, you know. Can I say this also? Uh, when you hear preaching uh, on, on those sort of subjects of areas that you've dealt with, if maybe it's been divorced, you know, and you get up and you shout, amen, don't you let anybody call you a hypocrite. Hey, you should be shouting the most and the loudest because you know what kind of scars divorce brings. I've sat in my office with all kinds. I've sat in my office where the, where the man has sat down and said, Pastor Langs, my wife's cheated on me with my best friend. What do I do? I've sat down with it. Hey, so, hey, my spouse has cheated on me. Now there's a baby involved because of that one night stand. Hey, what do we do? I'm telling you, uh, there's some tough situations where you look up and you just say, man, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I do, uh, but I, I got to hold back and say, no, this is what the scripture says. This is what the scripture says. The Bible says in verse 28, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Love her as your own body, the Bible says. Paul offers a, a, a model to, uh, to the husband's love in the same way. Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies, uh, and that's how it ought to be. And the reality is, uh, husbands, we, we tend to want to take care of self. You know, there, there's natural instincts within a, a mom, within a lady, within a woman, uh, to want to tend to the needs of children and want to help. You know, uh, uh, with my kids, none of my boys, I've got five boys and one girl. Not one of my boys grew up picking up a baby doll and started rocking that thing by the time they were two or three. Uh, you know, they were the type to take the baby doll and smash it to the wall, you know, that sort of thing. But you know what? My daughter Callie, you know what she does? Uh, at two years old, she's got that little baby and she's sitting there fake feeding it. And, uh, it, it there's natural instincts that come within to a mom. Uh, and can I say that uh, that's not always so, always there present in a dad. And you know, that loving heart that a mom has, that's why 
It makes sense for a man and a woman in a home because a dad can teach a kid how to be rough, how to pick up a gun and how to shoot it when, it, when the age appropriate, uh, you know, how to, how, how to build mud castles and all that stuff. And a mom's there to help love and show that grace and, and nurture and those sort of things. All those qualities that God placed within each of you, uh, each man and woman individually, hey, God placed those there for a reason. And when we want to sit and divide that and we want to mess that up, you know, there's been a lot of homes broken up who did not need to be broken up. And let me say that. Let me, let me say this in passing. Uh, if you grew up in a broken home, and I promise you there's people in this room who have. How do I know that? Because there's more than two people in this room. And if you grew up in a broken home, that does not give you the right to live uh, at the rest of your life. Uh, you know, I, I've, seen, I've seen a pattern in people's lives. I've seen a pattern in people's lives. Uh, let me get, uh, I know a particular family where there are uh, several kids. Their dad was never there. And those kids are all older now. And the dad was never there for them. And you know, most of those kids, adults now, have kids. And they treat their kids the same modeled way that their dad treated them. And you know what? They do what they're taught. They do what they're taught. But can I say that's no excuse? I didn't grow up in a home where I was hugged on and kissed and loved on. That, that, that was foreign to me. Hey, when I, when, I, when, I had, when I got married and my, you know, had children and all of that, hey, that was something that I had to make sure that I did not neglect my children in. Hey, but that's no excuse. Well, I wasn't loved and hugged when I, you know, and, and kissed and, and, you know, all that when I was uh, growing up. Uh, so therefore, that's just how I am. No, 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 no. You can't use that as an excuse. I guess it was probably about two years ago in my Sunday school class uh, when I had the couples, when I taught a couples class here at our church, uh, I took our, our class through the love, the love language book. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The, love, the five love languages? It talks about uh, touching, um, words of affection, gifts, time, actions. Can I say this? Uh, if, if you're married in here or you're going to potentially get married within the next year, I highly recommend you get that book if you've never read it and read it because uh, it will help you in understanding what the love languages are of your spouse and it will help you better understand. You know, say, hey, you know, I, when I mess up, they, you know, they, they always want to give me gifts. Well, that's probably their love language. Or they're just trying to buy your love. I don't know, one of the two. <laughs> but it just might be their love language. <clears throat> you know, God wants us to have a united front in our homes. Husbands and wives, a united front. Your kid comes up and tells, hey, they do, so-and-so did this. Hey, well, let's get on the same page before we go administer discipline. Let's make sure we're on the same page. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 makes the point that God created Adam first and gave him responsibility over Eve. This happened before the fall, by the way. So this passage makes it clear that before, the, before and after the fall, God ordained there to be different roles between husband and wife. The difference in roles between husband and wife are not the result of the fall uh, and are not erased by the new life in Jesus either. Hey, there's a place that we have. Now, husbands, I, I mentioned last week, I said, I'm going to get on you next week, and here's my getting on you. Uh, here, here's the reality. Uh, far more wives would submit to the husband if they would just get up, their, up off their sorry, you know, rear <laughs> and lead. 
And just lead and be a man, what God's called you to be. Hey, just lead. Stop, stop being so passive. Stop just whimpering down and burying your head. Hey, and you may have an overbearing wife. That's okay. You're going you're gonna to have more struggles. Yes, you're going to have more. Hey, but hey, if you're married, uh, that's it. You're together. Amen? Husbands, rise up and lead. That does, leading, here, here's the problem. We think that leading means demeaning the wife. No, it does not. Leading the home does not mean that you bash the wife and you keep her in her place. That's not what that means. Hey, I'm telling you, I seek counsel from my wife often, daily on things. Hey, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? Hey, let me run it back. Because sometimes I might try to administer some kind of new thing in my home or punishment or something uh, when I've got a, you know, a, a, a short fuse. You ever get one of those? When you're stressed out, came home from work and you got to deal with things. Hey, sometimes, you know, my wife says, hey, all right, now you just, you just eat dinner and relax for a minute, and then we'll deal with this. <laughs> sometimes that's okay. Wives, you know your husband, you should know your husband better than anyone else. And you know what it takes to get him going. You know what it takes to calm him down. There ought to be a common bond, a common unity in the home. Husbands, love your wives. You know, thinking of, of agape, that, that's that agape love. That's that, that's that agape love. We can love ourselves. We can look in the mirror and take care of ourselves. We can buy ourselves the nicest things. We can be so self-absorbing that we forget to take care of men, to take care of that woman that God gave us. You know, most men cannot be alone. They just can't. I've counseled with, with one man, not in our church, and I tell you, he cannot be, he just, he has to have a woman. He, he can't be alone ever. The problem is he gets himself in trouble because he just takes the first woman that he finds. It is a love, agape love is a love that loves without changing. Agape love is a, is a self-giving love that gives without demanding or expecting repayment. Agape love is a love so great that it can be given to the unlovable and the, un, uh, the, the unappealing. Agape love is a love that loves uh, even when it is rejected. Hey, God loved us with an everlasting love. Agape love gives, gives and loves because it wants to. It does not demand or expect repayment in result. Can I say that men, what's this have to do with, with the text here? It has everything to do with it. Men, hey, we are to love with, a, with an everlasting love our wives, even when they mess up, even when they're not perfect, even when, when they're not lovely, and I'm not joking there. But listen, uh, we've got to love them, and we've got to determine in our hearts that we're going to love them. Just as Christ loved the church. How much did he love the church? He gave himself for it. You know, this, it, it, it amazes me the people who claim to be Christians, born again, child of God, and they want nothing to do with the church. They, oh, a bunch of hypocrites, and we don't want to be around them, and we don't need church, and we don't want to go to church. Hey, listen to me now. Christ loved the church so much that he died for the church. 
So you mean to tell me that you don't like the church, but you're a saved, born-again Christian, and you're right with God? I don't see the connection. This word is also especially needful for husbands who see headship and submission with worldly understanding instead of godly understanding. Worldly headship says, I am your head, you, so you take your orders from me and must do whatever I want. That's worldly headship. Well, godly headship says this, I am the head, I'm the leader, so I must care for you and serve you. Did you get the difference there? The world says, hey, I'm in charge, you're going to do what I say, and I'm going to do what I want, and I'll come home when I want, and I'll live how I want, and I'll treat you how I want. No, 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 no. Hey, godly headship says, I love you, I'm, your, I'm the head, I'm the leader, therefore I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to watch over you, I'm going to make sure that your needs are met, I'm not just going to focus on me, but I'm actually going to serve you and meet your needs. If only we could get a hold of that in Christianity, much less the world. Godly leadership says, I am the head, I'm the leader, so I must care for you and take care of you. Let me show you what worldly submission says. Worldly submission says, you must submit to me, so here are the things that I want you to do for me. That's a worldly standpoint. Husbands, don't miss this in here today. Worldly standpoint says, I'm in charge, so this is my, my orders list. You're going to make sure this is done before I get home from work. You're going to make sure that this gets taken care of. You're going to do this. And it's all about giving orders and you doing what I want you to do. Because after all, you're my helpmate. Godly, godly submission says, you must submit to me, so I am accountable before God for you. So I must, therefore, I must take care and care for you and serve you. It's kind of the feeling, how many of you remember when your first child was born? How many of you remember that? Oh, I'm telling you what, there's nothing like it, is there? But I'll tell you, at the same time, standing there at the uh, Akron General Hospital uh, back in 2008, when my, 2008? Got it, yes. When my oldest son was born, holding him for the first time in, in that overwhelming, I'm in charge of this baby now. Hey, I'm, call, I'm calling the shots, whatever happens. I mean, I'm telling you, it's an overwhelming feeling. Well, can I say, husbands, can we get back to that uh, and, and have that type of awe about our wives and that when we are the headship of them, it's not so that we can beat them down. It's not so that we can show them who's boss. It's so that we can care for them and love them and direct them to Christ and show them how they ought to live in Christ and be the example as the head of what a husband and what a Christian is. Husbands, are we that in here today? I think it would scare us, I mean, just literally have scare us to death, husbands, if we truly could grasp that we're going to stand before God someday and give an account of our leadership in our home. So husbands are to love their wives as their own body. As their own body. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, verse 20, 20, uh, 29. For no man yet, no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. Paul did not say, so ought men to love their wives in the same way as they love their bodies. That word as is important. 
as their own bodies. That'd be an improvement in many cases, but not, not in this meaning. The meaning is, so ought men to love their wives because they are their own bodies. A man must love his wife as he would his body, as a part of himself. As Eve was a part of Adam taken out of his side, so the wife is the man because she is a part of him. The reality of this union must dominate the husband's thinking and actions. That wife is a part of you. She's not some trophy. She's not some property. Hey, she is a part of you now. Take care of her. Love her. Cherish her. Don't worship her. How's your spirit toward your wife? <laughs> you have to forgive me here, but I, <laughs> Mr. Leaf, and I was joking, and he said, uh, he said, "Yeah, he said, I, he said, I could never get remarried." He said, it "Took me too long to train this one," and uh, I thought, <laughs> "You just ain't right, Mr. Leaf." Uh, poor Mrs. Leaf, she's had to put up with a lot. How long, how, long, how long have you been married? Almost 55 years. Man, she's put up with a lot. Whew. You learned how to pray? <laughs> the end of this passage about marriage, we discover that Paul's deeper focus here is not upon the marital happiness at all. Look at verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. The mystery here is, is not marriage itself. The mystery of the gospel, which he declared and clarified earlier in this letter, that people of every background are being reconciled to God and each other through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you look through the Bible, through the lens of everything is pointing to Christ and the gospel, it'll change. It'll change how you perceive what's going on. <clears throat> so if we struggle to understand how Christ loves us, think of an utterly devoted husband. If we struggle to understand how to please Jesus, think of a beautifully supportive wife. And if we're single in here, widowed or divorced, don't miss where Paul directs our attention, not towards human marriage, but towards the marriage of Christ and his church, which every believer can look forward to. <clears throat> Some people think that just... They've, they've just, they've got to get married. That's it. That's it. You know, I used to preach that, and don't amen this because, because you, it's, it's uh, I've changed where I've, what, what I used to believe on this. I used to believe that God had a person for everyone. God has that husband for everyone. God has that, that uh, I don't necessarily believe that, any, uh, that God has a specific person for everyone. So I believe that God, it's, it's God's will for some people to be alone. 
And uh, now it's not my place to decide who that is or where that is or how that is. Uh, but I believe that everyone in this search for trying to find that right one, I saw in the Bible where, uh, where in, in, in Genesis where God brought the woman unto the man and God worked that thing out. Adam and Eve did not have to force anything. They did not have to run away from their parents to make this happen. Hey, God brought that union together and it was good. You know, when my wife and I first started talking and dating, we didn't have to force anything. We didn't have to run away and together. We didn't have to do all that to make that happen. I'll never forget this. Uh, and this is somebody that actually, I, kn- I knew this, this girl from Cincinnati. I know her parents to this day and talked with them. I was in Bible college, Brother Damascus, and this girl, she got a job and she met some guy at this job and, and um, the parents weren't for it and she decided she was running away. She was going to be with this guy. I'll never forget their, their, their parents showed up at her work and sat out there and literally cried and pleaded with her, please don't do this. Don't do this. This boy's not saved. He's not a Christian. He's not living right. Don't do this. Don't do this. She was obsessed with having to get married. And she's got children now and her life is a mess. It's a mess. Because she just had to have that MRS degree. Hey, if, you're, if I can plead with you, whether you're in here or you're listening, you're going to listen online or through the CD, don't rush that process. If God has somebody for you, hey, trust him with it. What do you do? Well, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You serve Jesus until he makes that thing happen. You serve Jesus with where you are. Hey, Jesus has to be enough for us. He has to be. Oh, every, see, we get that peer pressure. Everyone else has got, everyone my age is married. Now, stop, 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 stop. You're not everyone. Stop. I'd rather wait until I'm 50 to get married than to marry at 20 and it be out of God's will and just a nightmare. Husbands, do you love your wives? You can answer. Husbands, do you love your wives? Amen, yes, yes. You know, it's one thing that our wives can tell if we're serious. My wife knows if I'm down. She knows if I'm not quite right. She she can tell. She knows me better than I know me. Husbands, you are not given that woman's hand in marriage to bully her, to cuss at her, to show her who's the boss, to physically abuse her, mentally abuse her. No, no, no. That's not what Christ gave you that woman for. You love her and show her the example of Christ. Let's pray. Father. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com.